What's happening, weirdos? This is We Made It Weird. Do not panic. Yes, it is Friday. Val is not here for the intro, but Val is definitely in this episode, which we recorded while we were on vacation. So we were in a very, very, very uh, rested and good mood, and I'm excited for you to hear it. Um, As you know, these episodes are coming out a week. uh, Anyway, it's a week old. That's all you need to know. If you don't, if you're like, why are they talking about current events? It's because we recorded a week ago and also because we don't really talk about current events. Yeah, that too. Here is me and Val. And if you like the show and want to support the show, try a Pete's Pick. And we have a new one. Uh, How about a three for one New Year's resolution for you? We can reduce food waste, save time on grocery shopping, and eat more fresh and delicious food. Too good to be true? Do you say? Is Is that what you're saying? Think again and try Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service offering an entire line of sustainable groceries that taste delicious and reduced waste just by embracing the natural imperfections in food. You know how food sometimes, it doesn't, a lot of it gets thrown away or it can't sell because it looks a little funky, but it tastes wonderful. That's what they're all about. Visit imperfectfoods.com to see if they deliver in your area. And once you sign up, you can personalize your weekly grocery order with fresh seasonal produce, pantry staples, and yummy snacks. Plus, your order will arrive on the same day each week, making it easy to build a stress-free routine. On average, Imperfect Foods customers save six to eight pounds of foods with every order. You're saving six to eight pounds of food waste. That's incredible. And unlike on-demand delivery companies, Imperfect delivers weekly by neighborhood, which is a unique model that produces 25 to 75% fewer emissions than individual trips to the grocery store, which I think is incredible and cuts down on me personally, my guilt for using grocery delivery services. I love that they figured that out. Plus, say goodbye to packaging guilt. Imperfect Foods is the only national grocery delivery company that makes it easy to return your packaging after every order again, which is incredible. I think it is so stupid uh, that we don't eat food because a potato takes some goofy left in the middle of it. Who cares? It's delicious. Cook it. Eat it. I'm always, Val and I are looking for more ways to get fresh, wonderful, sustainable produce into our diet. And if you can save money and reduce waste while you're doing it, that is an incredible, incredible triple win. So right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off, 20% your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code WEIRD. Again, that's 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code WEIRD. So when it says promo code, put in Weird, show your support of the show, get some good veggies, get some good produce, get it in your life, get it in your face, and help the planet. I think it's beautiful. Join the movement at imperfectfoods.com and use code WEIRD. Secondly, we love it. I'm wearing it right now. I just recorded an episode with Reese Darby, which was awesome. That'll be out soon. And I had my Apollo on clear and focused. Do you guys know this by now? We talk so much about our Apollos on the air And honestly, I'm talking about my Apollo all the time in my life. Apollo Neuro is a wearable technology. You wear I wear it around my wrist. Val wears hers around her ankle. Uh, I have friends that do both. I like wearing it on my wrist. It helps you relax. It helps you sleep. It helps you focus. It helps you be more productive. 
by giving your nervous system gentle, soothing vibrations that train you to recover and rebalance after stress. It is basically a wearable hug for your nervous system that uses touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. The comparison I give it to people when I'm talking about it in real life is I say, it's like finding the control panel to your nervous system. It's incredible. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling tired, or when you're having a hard time falling asleep, or a hard time meditating, or a hard time relaxing, or, or focusing, it's like finding a way to communicate to your body where you might not have had one before. Uh, it's a wearable tech, sense vibrations into your body. They're basically sub-perceptual. I set mine to about 30%. You can barely feel it. You can set it even lower and it still works, so it's not something you're going to notice. But Apollo Neuro actually trains the nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. It's not woo-woo, as I always say in these ads. It's developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist who have been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. David Rabin, who did this podcast, if you want to listen to that episode and hear more. Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. In fact, there's a new one coming out about cognitive performance specifically that I'm very excited about, meaning the clear and focused setting is really helping people uh, when you're trying to study, when you're trying to create. 10% off is an incredible deal at Apollo Neuro, A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash weird for 10% off and show your support of this show. Honestly, there is no Pete's Pick that I have uh, gotten more of my friends into. Lots of us are rocking Apollos, and I'm so glad I did because when I'm faced with a situation that is stressful uh, or after a situation that's stressful, it's so nice to have something that you can do, something that is practical and effective that you can do. So it has truly changed our lives. We love it. Last but not least, let me check what I'm wearing. Oh, it's like... I guess these are like baggages that would be on your luggage after you fly to different cities. These are cool. The, these are my me undies that I'm looking at right now. My me undies. Valerie and I love me undies. I heard about it on another podcast, but we tried it and we are all in. Is someone you love in a relationship with somebody who tells them the same joke over and over? Or are they with somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed? Now be honest. Is this somebody you Look, relationships are not perfect. That's why MeUndies is celebrating our perfectly, our perfectly imperfect or our imperfectly perfect matches with their Valentine's Day collection. Valerie and I, I'm I, I'm not ashamed that I rock the MeUndies that correspond with the closest holiday, and I am definitely doing that with the Valentine's Day collection, which I love. Valerie also has because we are members uh, of their of their subscription, so we get these sent to us. In the mail, which I love. I look forward to them a little bit more than you would think I do because they're so fun. Val and I both did a complete top to tails uh, overhaul of our underwear because we realized we were grown people. We deserve to have good underwear that feels great and looks great. So we are completely in. Gifting underwear for Valentine's Day? Groundbreaking. But gifting matching underwear for you and your significant other? Now we're talking. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. If you're single, mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies' super cute and super soft undies, socks, bralettes, 
loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. And MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners, for the weirdos. For a limited time offer, get 25% off your first order of matching pairs for Valentine's Day. And as a first-timer, you also get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. To get 25% off matching pairs, 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, and show your support of this podcast, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. All right, everybody. That's it. Let's enjoy We Made It Weird number, is this 69? Oh my God. This might be 69. Get into it. Hello, what's happening? Uh, This is a relaxed, I'm a relaxed, I'm a relaxed person. It's the top of the podcast, but I can be relaxed. I can be calm. It can be a calm, it can be a calm show. Can be the kind of show where you feel more relaxed listening listening to it. Oh, more relaxed. Oh, hi, more, I'm oh, here. Oh, oh, Valerie also, just came through. The we had a bead door. I was so relaxed. I was just not even talking. I was just taking it all in. Yeah, because chamomile. What well, it wasn't struck by lightning because that's that's too loud. But chamomile was planted in soft pink earth and sprouted two podcast hosts. And I won't even tell you our names because that's too much of a burden. I don't want you to need to remember anything. They may or may not be Cam and Emil. (laughs) This is Cam and Emil, and you're listening to Sleepy Time Podcast. (laughs) Sleepy Time Sleepy time. Maybe you're having a, maybe you're having some COVID anxiety, which sounds like a foot disorder. COVID? Like if you didn't know what COVID was, what do you think it would be affecting? Foot disorder. Foot- <laughs> <laughs> On this relaxed podcast, we just agree with each other. It's just a there's place already to agree. enough disagreements yeah. Why, out we there. We don't need it. We don't need more tension. We no, don't need more just hypertension. Calm down. Remember hypercolor shirts. Do I bring that up a lot? Is that like one of the things I bring up? I don't know if you do on this podcast, but you do in our lives. Yeah, that sounds like a heavy burden for you to carry. So I won't talk about them. Well, you know, what's interesting is that I do not remember hypercolor t-shirts. Yeah, because they came out 10 years before you were born. I was born in 1989. 1989. Stand up and take a look around. Operation Ivy, a band you're not familiar with. No, again. Because they they were... like in their 20s in 1989 when they wrote that song. Is it relaxing to hear me sip tea right now? Wow, that was a real... Listen to the difference of me sipping tea. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real start. Real All right, okay, real start. Really real start. start. Real start. Real start. Real start. Real start. Real start. Much it's off the charts. It's like a bit. It's like all the listeners are hooked up to an EKG, and now your heart's going a bing bang bing bang bing bang bing bang bing bang. And now we're bringing energy. We're bringing the Wim Hof. We're bringing Gold Plunge. We're bringing. Okay, no, I I hate this. I love it. Val and I. Val and I. Val. Valerie. Did I tell you guys I changed my name to Val? My name's Cam, and your name's Emil. That was so funny. I don't know. Cam and Emil <laughs> host Emil. the Sleepy Time podcast. Like, I couldn't think of a better name. Yeah. I mean, it's it would be weird if it was Cam and Emil and you and they host a calm podcast, but it's not called Cam Emil. It would have to be called the Cam Emil podcast. Yeah. Shit! 
We are on. Start the whole, whole thing. thing. Over. Burn the whole thing to the in ground, dude. <laughs> also, we have a new sponsor, um, which is Christian Book Distributor CBD. <gasps> CBD. What? Look, we've been sponsored by CBD for a long time. Ned and Co. purveyors of fine CBD. Yes. But also, Christian Book Distributors is one of our sponsors now. It is. So if you want to suck my, you need to <laughs> shut the up. Because we can't say that anymore. Is this real? I just got sponsored by Christian... <laughs> this isn't real. Okay. Well, it could I have mean, been. It might have it been. I was like, I don't know. Maybe they're like somehow connected to Richie Rohr or something. But Yeah, but that would have been a big... Yeah. Big... It would have been a discussion. Like you would be like, should we do this? Yeah, I don't... Th- I don't... I don't... But... Did you used to go to Christian bookstores? Yeah, and I used to really like them. I loved them, and it was like I went one big section. <laughs> the whole story was just the Christian book section. <laughs> That's true, but it had subsections. Like I was very into a Christian like thriller series called Left the- Behind. <clears throat> no, uh, never really got into those. I did watch the movies, but only because it had the guy from um, Growing Pains in it. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Yeah, but I knew him then as the guy from Growing Pains. Um, Any whoozle. I used to be very into the O'Malley series, and it was O'Malley? like O'Malley. Yeah, it was about it's a little. It's a little on the nose. Is he a detective? They are okay. It's it's so good. I lo- I'm so excited. I might find these books and reread it. So it's about nine adopted siblings. And they're all different kinds of, not kinds of detectives, but there's like, one's a detective, one's a hostage negotiator, one's a prosecutor. But they're children? No, no. They're they're adult siblings. Oh, okay. I thought they're sending the kid. (laughs) You don't want to do this? (laughs) Just come out and play. I actually think that would be very effective, hostage negotiating. Oh, my God. If Leela was like, please don't jump. (laughs) Well, that's a suicide. That's a different thing. Oh, right. That's a suicide. They don't send the hostage negotiation guy to the suicide jumper. I think they did in these books. I could be wrong, but I think it was... Based on the O'Malley series, they did. The book was my favorite, the one about the hostage negotiator, and it was just called The Negotiator. And maybe she did both. I don't know. But then there's like... But they had hostages? Like... Like they were going to kill people? I think so. Like, yeah, because there's they're creepy episodes. Like, I mean, books. They were, there was one I can't remember which book, but she, where she has like a stalker, and it's really creepy. And she like there's like mom, like there's like a moment where she goes in her room, and then she like sees that he's been in the room. Oh no! Like, just before her, and yeah. like. And so, like, it was intense. It was a thriller. But every once in a while... Are you going to remember what you're going to say if I interject? Because here it comes. I'm interjecting. (laughs) I remember that books... Shout out to books. When I was young, shout out to youth, were like... (laughs) Like you discovered that some books had like some cool shit in them yeah. and it, like stuff that you weren't necessarily allowed to watch on TV uh-huh. were in books. Yes. And you're like, wait a minute. Like you see the library as the sexy girl you dated instead of like your matronly wife. Oh yeah. In fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, wait, I just think I saw a little bit of the, 
a high slit on her dress, like yeah. not very sexy. Because yeah. she had a book about like this guy that was like plotting the revenge to kill the guy that killed his family. Almost like a Conan Barbarian book. Ah. And I was reading it and I was like, I shouldn't be able to read this, but there I was. Everybody was like, good for you for you're reading. reading. And you're like, yeah. yes. In yes. fact, when I was it really like in the whole Christian world, really bought in. I had a book club with my girlfriends. You just reminded me of the Fire Festival guy because he's in the hole. He's in solitary confinement, and I'm going to write it down. Okay. We have to talk yes, about that. Yes, we do. So I had a book club with with my girlfriends who were all very involved in the church, too. Mm-hmm. And the first book we read was Atonement. And that's a great book, by the way. Uh, and it is a very sexy. Mm. And like... There's a sex scene in it that's very explicit and delicious. And then... Explicitious. Explicitious. Cam and meal. And then he writes... It's also, like, not sexy all the way through. There's, like, two sexy parts. Um, yeah, it's there's, atonement, not a bonement. That, nice. Oh, I missed. Oh, that was crisp. good. That was crisp. crisp. That's keeping crisp. it crispy. <laughs> And then the episode ends. <laughs> this is fun. We've never had one like this. It's like a dream. It's like when you sleep in, but then you go back to sleep, mm-hmm. which to me is like putting honey on honey. Oh, Like there's yeah. already like a vat of honey and you're like, I'm going to spread honey on top oh, of this yeah. honey. That's what it's like. And that's what we've been doing the past two mornings yes. is like getting up at eight because that's what we're used to. And then going back, back to, to sleep. sleep. We've been getting so... We're on vacation. We've been getting so much rest. More like hooray-cation. <laughs> okay. I have threads that what? I'm very interested in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So... One. I had... So we were reading Atonement. And this, again, it's like all these church ladies. Yes. And we were we would read it and then we'd come and discuss it. And so the sexy scenes are the there's a sex scene and then he writes her a letter. Like a sexy letter where he says something about like your hot wet see you in tea. See you next see, Tuesday. He writes your hot wet see you the rarely seen, not an insult, not a derogatory. Like a, in a sexual yeah. context. It's not, it's not, you don't see that on the menu very often. No, and it comes up like it's important. It's not for nothing. It's oh. important. But um, I just remember us like, like, you know, like coming to book club with like our cookies. Your Christian and our- book club to <laughs> yeah. discuss. And we would be like. Ooh, well, I was not um, expecting that, but like, I feel like we were all very into can it. I, I don't know if I've said this before, but I can say it very quickly. I have such a fondness for what you're talking about, which is if you're, if you're religious like us, we're religious, you know, you, it doesn't matter. There's just youth also in the mix. Mm-hmm. And there, so when you're, everybody young is sort of like a religious person because you're kind of like trying to be good and nice usually. Yeah. Anyway, all of this is to say... In college, we had a PlayStation 1. Shout out to the early, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I went to college in the late 90s. I, I, I was just, in college in the 90s. That is insane. I was 10. Gross. The oldest, the <laughs> oldest I was in the 90s. The oldest I was, was 10. Was 10. Yeah. Well, and then it bled <laughs> into the 2000s. Yeah, that's okay, right. I graduated sure. 01. Anyway, I had a PlayStation 1, PlayStation 01. 
And we had Metal Gear, and I, I think I've definitely told this story before. This game called Metal Gear that was like very important at the time and very kind of graphic and realistic. And my roommate Chuck loved it. And we played it all. I mean, it was like the first great video game, one of the first great like cinematic video games. Yeah. And we were obsessed with it and would like really schedule our lives around when we could play it. And then one time he came into our dorm room with his girlfriend. Does this sound familiar? I love this story. He comes in the room with his girlfriend, Harmony. Her oh. name was Harmony. Which is just perfect. Harmony. Yeah. Her name was Harmony. <laughs> Harmony. And I, sidebar about Harmony. One time he gave Chuck, she gave Chuck these uh, chocolate eggs that had rum in them. But I, looking oh, back, yeah. it couldn't have been like a lot of rum. It had yeah. to be like about the same amount of rum that's in like mouthwash. I've, like, I've had those before. It's yeah. not a lot. It's tiny bit. But we both had one and he was like, and that's real rum. And then there was a quiet moment. And he went, she's pretty cool. <laughs> like, I think she I, gave me rum. That's I cool. would tease Harmony for being very pious and very clean. And he was like, see, oh, she gave yeah. us rum. And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty fucked up. Am I Captain Jack Sparrow right now? Because I just had 0. 0.02 grams of cooking rum. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Uh, he comes in with Harmony. So just to you in your group, you love the See You Next Tuesday. Yeah. You love the sexiness. And that's was probably like the highlight of your week. Yes. This like oh, definitely. Weird I moment. read it more than once. But then you had to pretend, yes, mm-hmm. pretend that kind of that you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So he's in there with uh, with Harmony. We're playing Metal Gear Solid and it's some grotesque part. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't, but it, there was violence or, or something gory. And he and Harmony in here are just standing there looking like mannequins, like department store mannequins. They just look so clean. And he had dressed up for her and she dressed like a Harmony would. Uh-huh. And he just went, oh, my. <laughs> and we, oh, you had to like swallow it in the moment. Uh-huh. But the next time you saw him, you couldn't wait to give him appropriate shit uh-huh. for pretending that he was taken aback mm-hmm. by his favorite game because you were dating someone named Harmony. So you're in your Harmony group. Yes. Well, and I really wish I could remember more about how we were about it. Cause I think we were at that point close enough that we, we didn't really feel like we had to pretend like we weren't kind of into it. How old it. are we now? I was probably 17, maybe maybe 18 or 19. Yeah. So it was adult women and like, and it wasn't so, we weren't like prudish. Like we would talk about sex and stuff and Mm. like, it wasn't that, but I do remember kind of a feeling of like, I'm going to wait to see how everybody else feels about this before I admit how I feel about yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the next book we read was The Other Boleyn Girl, which is about Henry VIII, and it became a movie. And it's just about like his lord affairs. So it was also very sexual. You guys are just having your own little... Uh, <laughs> well, sex. Open up bags of Gushers candies. <laughs> yeah. Remember Gushers? I loved Gushers. And what was it? Can I just say, oh, God, I love you, and I love that I feel okay saying this, that you won't be that bored. You know my theory, <laughs> that if you liked Cocoa Pebbles... You weren't. Uh, no, if you liked Fruity Pebbles more than Cocoa Pebbles, yeah. you weren't hungry, you were thirsty. Yep. <laughs> that... <laughs> I mean, put that on my epitaph. I will. It's just, it's so that is true. just the only thing that I care about is, <laughs> is people that get 
what I mean. A fruity cereal. I know who you are. Some skinny soccer playing kid with curly, reckless hair. Who never had proper hydration after your athletics. Well, you're taking it a different direction. I just meant kids that didn't care about food. And then Mm. there were kids, you and I were talking about this because we're on vacation and it's so hard to eat well when you're on vacation. Mm -hmm. Not eat well, we're eating well, but we're not eating healthy. (laughs) And like, that's just like one of the main, I'm going to say wounds that you and I have in common was that like, uh, (laughs) that was, that was the glass table. That was the glass table. I'll recreate it. My elbow on the glass table. Now I'm going to fart. Ready? It sounded like a fart. That was the glass table all three times. Just to be fair, I'm going to do. Now this one will be a fart. That could have been. Oh my god! That That was a really. That was was the table. That was it. That's all the table. I'm going to. I'm going to stop leaning on the table. (laughs) But but like, it's one you and I bonded and are so close. Because we have a lot of the same, um, I don't want to say damage. It sounds too heavy, but it's like, I learned, you were saying, say the thing you said about control. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Well, Tara Brock, I think said on this podcast that so many people have food issues because it's the first way that we had control over our bodies which I think is like, then I kind of filled this in, but it made me think that so many kids go through a stage where they like won't eat. Yes. And it's, it really does feel like it's the only thing they're playing around with control. Um, and I, I still get that feeling when I am hungry at a restaurant looking at a menu and I'm like, well, I could just get the salad with no cheese and like soup or whatever, or do I want to just like fucking get the pasta yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Um, the feeling that I get is I always think that it's, it's freedom. Like I want the freedom to do whatever I want. Nobody tells me what to do, which I think it is that, but underneath that is the control. Like I want to be able to do what I want to control what I put in my body also, and not have to follow a set of rules. Yes. And I think the feeling you get from, uh, what is it, uh, executing that control or whatever, there's a better word there, mm-hmm. is you feel safe. Like our, our food, uh, like demons or yeah. whatever, dark angels <laughs> yes. are whispering, like, if you eat that, you'll feel, feel safe. safe. You'll be safe. Yes. And when we were children, and in my case, it was like just kind of in a household that wasn't really like, doesn't really vibe. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be true. <laughs> like you, the first drug that you're experiencing, the first thing that you can do with something external and making it internal, taking it inside of you, yeah. it'll change how you feel and put you into a, like a food coma mm-hmm. or like take the blood from your brain and put it into your stomach where you digest. So you yes. like think less and you're slow and logy and, yep. and then you can go to bed. This is very sad now that I think about yeah. it. It still happens even though we're on vacation. We're having a great time. Of course. It's so, it's one of the earliest wounds. So it's so deep in there. Yeah. And even if, even if, certainly if I'm not feeling safe. Oh, I thought that was a wild animal. It was a, be- a beautiful, beautiful dog, dog just ran by. Just ran by. But it looked kind of like a fox. Just kind of looked like a fox. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if there was a cave that instead of an echo, instead of your voice, 
It was my voice. Aww. It was like a magic cape. But anyone could go to it. But it was always your voice. But it was always your voice. You, <laughs> and they were just like, we don't understand. First of all, echoes are fucking weird anyway. Yeah. But this place, it echoes and it's this guy, Pete Holmes's voice. So I would I'm love not that. stoned, but I think that's pretty funny. I would love that for when you die. Yeah, and you could go like... It's okay. You can date uh, what's his name, <laughs> Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein now, and I just—it's okay. You can, do, and even the echo goes. Come on, man. I'm barely cold. <laughs> I'm barely in the ground, and then we pan up to my epitaph, and it says, "If you liked fruity pebbles more than cocoa pebbles." Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So we were on your book club, and you had a couple. Oh of no, 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 no. We were talking no. about food. Food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry that I went. Um, <laughs> it does sound more like a door. It, well, that so many did. farts sound like. I know. Like I would have loved to live in a turn of the century creaky house <laughs> that kind of smelled. That would have been a fart free for all. Like you don't know what that was. In the 1890s, no one was getting caught for farting. No. Because everything was creaky and smelly. Yeah. And that was like they really were just letting them rip. I'm sure all the time. That also makes me think of, I love in super high me, Doug Benson goes parasailing and he says, I think I finally found the perfect place to fart. That's hilarious. And it's like, of course, if you fart in the sky, no consequences. That's being taken. That's the best place for you to fart. Best place in the world to fart. It's as far away from others as you could be. Yeah. Hot air balloon is actually pretty bad. The operator. Yeah. And the flame. And the flame. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What else? What do you got about food? Um, Oh, just the safety element of it. So certainly, when I don't feel safe, I I go straight to food to comfort myself. Um, but it is interesting that even when I do feel safe with you, it, it's, I can so easily get into the mode of just like, let's just like fucking do it. Like, let's well, go. Well, I'm also, once you've done it, you might as well keep doing it. Which right. Which is why it's like total addict, addict behavior. Yeah. And I will say, we were saying today in the hot tub, like the mindful eating is obviously the answer, but even if I can't do, I can't, you know, even if I am not great at being mindful while I'm eating, which is, continues to be the goal. If I can be mindful after I eat. So when I'm kind of calm down, uh, of how I feel, then I'll notice the foods that don't make me feel well, like unfortunately cheese and gluten, my faves, <laughs> yeah. um, then, I, and then I start, cause I know this cause I go through phases like this, then I'll start to really associate those foods with not feeling great. And that's enough motivation for me to yeah, not eat usually. Them, which I think is a really good, healthy way to do it. Cause you just have to be so careful. Even as I'm talking about this, like Everybody, food is so sensitive and such, everybody has their own complicated relationship with it. Yeah. So certainly like not promoting, making these rules for yourself and like being strict and rigid. I think it always needs to come from a place of like, oh, darling, I know you're looking for safety and like, and you know, the Tara Brock thing of 
she told somebody at her retreat who was struggling with eating and obsessing about eating, the first thing to do when she's wanting to eat is to say to herself, I forgive, I forgive myself. It's not my fault. I think it's, it's not my fault. Mm. Like, because there's so much shame around the eating and then that, that kind of becomes part of the game of it. And well, that is my whole early relationship with, with porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah. we did this in the intro to the other one, but we were talking about porn the other night at dinner because we're those people, I guess. Because <laughs> who doesn't? And I went, I'm not participating with porn right now. And we <laughs> laughed that that's such a thing that Greg the Egg on Succession would say. Yep. I know we already did this on the intro to last week's Wednesday episode, but... Um, yeah, I'm not, um, porn isn't something I'm participating with right now, um, which is just such a funny, weird, weird way to put it. But my first therapist, Dr. Schur, you want to go to therapy? Sure. Sure. Um, he pointed out that I had like a, like a shame spiral, mm. but it's another way of just controlling mm-hmm. an otherwise uncontrollable, always changing Universe, like yeah. this weird fractal that we are the moving fractals, like us flapping our arms and our mouths right now is like part of the ever expanding, ever changing universe. Mm-hmm. That feels really strange. So you're like, at least if I can look at porn and jag it, and then like, you think that's it, but then the guilt and the shame and the fear, and even the like cleansing the space and like mm. deleting your web history and all that sort of stuff yeah. is before incognito browsing. Thank you, internet explorer, whoever you are yeah. for inventing that. Uh, such a funny little subtle way of being like, I think people are doing things they're not proud of on here. <laughs> um, but that, that you see like e- overeating and then even the feeling bad. Like when I used to get drunk, I used to like the the hangover because I knew it was a reliable mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. You would feel a certain way and you would have to mend yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the same with overeating. Sure, I'll overeat, but I'll wake up and I'll kind of like, I'll even have something to do. Mm-hmm. Like last night, I didn't like grotesquely overeat, but I did like have dessert and all these things that I don't normally... Or I try not to do consistently. And I have been because of the motherfucking holidays, which is just like... Who made this? Like Weight Watchers? Like who designed yeah. this whole like tis the season for bread and chocolate? Yeah. Like great, but like that's not so helpful when we live in a world where it's always, always the available. season for bread and chocolate. Yeah. Like we watch Little Women and they're like, I got an orange, mommy, an orange and a pinwheel. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we have that shit year round. No yeah. fruit is out of season. Mm-hmm. With that, that's its own issue. And there's always bread. Mm-hmm. And there's always chocolate. And we're eating it all the fucking time. Yeah. So I don't need a season to be like, and now let's have more merriment. Well, what are we coming out of the, the dust bowl? Like, yeah. Everything was okay. Well, I think that is it. I think the traditions were probably made when the like those things were luxuries. You needed a time to slaughter the fatted goose. Yeah, they were luxuries and <laughs> decadent. So you save them for special occasions and they're winter. So you need to put on more calories because you don't have heaters and it's Ayurveda too, which is, um, you know, it, we are meant to be eating heartier, you know, more rich foods at this season. But the problem is when we like take that way too far and then continue to do it. (laughs) 
even when it's not the season for it. I just want to say in the way that it feels like, you know, the the Hallmark uh, thing, like they created Valentine's Day and all these holidays to like keep us in these certain... I'm just saying I feel manipulated mm. sort of by the system. Like what always happens is I'll be in a good way. And then, the, and this is, this is go to any overeaters anonymous thing. Then yeah. it's the fucking holiday or alcoholics anonymous. Mm-hmm. It's like when we were, uh, I don't know if I can say this, but like people just tend to start drinking earlier in the holidays. Yes. It's like just a hard time for all things. Yeah. And the only addiction that I really have remaining and it, which makes food the most tricky addiction is because you do need to eat some of it. Yeah. Um, is food. And I sort of, I wouldn't say I resent it, but like, I, I just wish my brain wasn't so black and white. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you had that last night. You might as well have it for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it's so eager for an excuse. You're on vacation. Mm-hmm. It's the holidays. I live a little. You can always, and then yeah. you get into that really, really, really classic addict thinking, which is like, I'll just binge today and tomorrow I'll go really hard in the other direction. Yes. And I don't really have too many models in my life of people that are just like, sure, I sometimes have a cookie and sometimes I don't. Like, I don't, don't, do you know anybody like that? I mean, I, whenever I think of anything healthy, I always think of Rob Bell. (laughs) Yeah. And Rob doesn't, doesn't eat a lot of cookies. No, but he does eat some cookies. You're right. In fact, as I was asking you, he was on my mind. Yeah. And I think like there, yeah, there are people who, uh, yeah, who can just handle the moderation thing a lot better. And so the other side of that is it is a manipulation because we have the manipulation of it's the holidays and you're meant to have chocolate and cheese and wine and all of these things, which I thoroughly do enjoy that part of the holidays. But I understand that it's manipulation. And then the other manipulation is, but then January 1st, you better start this diet program right now. I can't. And you better work out and you have to do... And then like the diet culture really manipulates and monopolizes... No. What's the word I'm looking for? Capitalizes. Capitalizes on the vulnerability of people feeling like shit. That's what I'm saying. From what they were eating. This is the Matrix, which, by the way, the new Matrix movie, in my opinion, is not very good, and I wish it was. Yeah. But this is the the real Matrix that we're in. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really interesting, and I I guess it's my Enneagram 4-ness, but I always have rebelled and wanted to rage against those things, like... You and I went on a decadent dinner on New Year's Day. Yeah. Which I highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. Nobody is at that weird, uh, wonderful pizza restaurant where everything on the menu is sort of bad for you. Yeah. We had the run of the restaurant. It was awesome because there's something, I guess you could be comforted by it, but I find it uncomfortable. Like if I, if I went to a gym, we're, we're fortunate that we own a treadmill. Like we have a treadmill mm-hmm. in the house and I did use it on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. But if, if I had to go to a gym, I wouldn't have gone to the gym just because mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't be, I don't want to go to a church on Easter either. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I resent that feeling of being like, I'm in the matrix yeah. and it's this day, which I don't mean to be too like freshman year lava lamp philosophy, but like. 
it's been a year since it was today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's always been a year. Yeah. <laughs> every day it's been a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Valerie, every day it's been a year. <laughs> I know that's like the most basic bitch, black light, you know, poster, smoking a doobie, freshman year point. But like I, I don't, I never like drinking on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. I don't really like overeating on Thanksgiving. Mm. And I really, but most of all, I'm, th- and it's embarrassment. I'm thoroughly embarrassed mm. to like go for an outdoor jog on New Year's Day. Mm. Whereas I wonder if some people are like, I'm in the cradle of a culture right I now. I do feel that. You do? I love all of those things. Wow. I I feel very comforted by like, this is what we're all doing. See, that's my, that is my Enneagram form. Like, I ain't like you motherfuckers. That's why going out and eating, I think we had like a dessert and everything on New Year's Day yeah. was awesome. So I feel like that was my New Year's Eve. And, like, and I've had to, I, this is something that I wish we had had the Enneagram early on in our relationship to know this. And I just have gotten better. You've gotten better at attuning to what I actually want. And I've gotten better about saying what I want, but I, now that you say that I can remember that that was an adjustment for me. The New Year's Day dinner? Being with you. No. Being with you in the early stages where I was like, we're just not going to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to do anything for Valentine's Day. And not like in the sad way, but you'd be like, Valentine's Day is bullshit. Like, I'm just going to treat you that way every day, which you do. And I'd be like, yeah. You say quickly, like, yeah. I'm going to like explode. Which <laughs> yeah. you do. Which you do. Which you do. Easy, easy. Valentine's Day is tricky because that, there are shitheads that won't celebrate it because they're shitheads. And that's not what you are. No, Halloween's and, and a better there example. There are people that uh, have lives where you it's nice to have a day to remember yeah. to slow down and have a day. And I understand that. Yeah. But this is that whole this is why being a comedian was very fitting for me. Mm-hmm. And that is the the way in which that I liked being a pirate. Like I like going like even drinking. Like I always like drinking during the day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't drink at night. Yeah. That's, that's when the regular people drink. I like drinking during the day. Yeah. It was all like, this is you why like for a long time we thought I was a four. Yeah. And, and the Enneagram four is just like his, their main thing is I'm not like you guys. And the worst thing for an Enneagram four is to be in the crowd. Yeah. To like be wearing the uniform, to yeah. like look like everyone else, yeah. to chant the same chants and sing the same songs. That's why even in church I was on stage in the worship band playing that funky bass <laughs> to as the deer d d g d d i don't know what it is um i could play it's actually c g and that they all are all a c minor. yeah c d g a minor is every if there's, or a, there's if, sometimes there's an f you alone on the strength my shield And I long to worship you. And I long <laughs> to worship you. One more time. I long to worship you. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
<laughs> what if someone turns the podcast off right now and just goes, I got to get my life together. <laughs> Like, I, this is not what I can be doing right now. I've got to be spending my time listening to NPR or something. This is what we, we just watched Licky Pizza, Licorice Pizza again last night. Licky P. Licky P. <laughs> and that is the main character's entire drive. The whole movie is her going, I, I this can't. can't be what I'm doing. <laughs> I gotta get my shit together. (laughs) It's one of the things I love about it. Yeah. I can't. I also, I I just wanted to say too, we listened to Dumpster Fire, which is, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Billy? Billy. Billy Billy McFarlane. McFarlane. Can we just acknowledge? So we were like, oh, exciting. Billy McFarlane is on a podcast called Dumpster Fire. And he's the the Firefest guy. He's the guy who started, and he's in jail currently for fraud Mm -hmm. for the Firefest. Some of you are thinking what Val and I were thinking, which is like, you should turn this podcast off, the one you're listening to right now, and jump to Dumpster Fire. And this is not to big up our show. No, you shouldn't. Here's why. There's just a specific frequency mm-hmm. when you get someone on a podcast like Billy McFarlane, but then you realize slowly that it's his podcast mm-hmm. and that it was his idea to like restructure and reframe. And he basically says that. Yeah. He's like, this is the first step in kind of regaining the trust. And I was like, it really reminds me of something very Christian. Oh, when I got yes. in trouble, I got in trouble for writing this article for the for the newspaper, the Tartan at Gordon College. <laughs> and I, I wrote a, a comedy a column once a week called Where the Skies Are Blue because Pete Holmes, Alabama. I've probably said this all many times before. And I wrote this really cheeky article uh, about um, cheeky, about Valentine's Day. Mm. And I called it Valentine's Like the first joke I still remember was like Valentine's Day or some people call it VD Day. That's very funny. Right? I thought it was, I didn't even know what venereal disease was. I was just like fucking around. I was just like a But you knew you were making a VD joke. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And I made like a joke about like chocolate um, and chocolate activates the same um, neurons in your brain as like sex and marijuana. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so it's funny that we eat chocolate when like a good... Like making the creature with two backs, which I said. What's that? Making the creature with two backs. It's like if if a man is laying on top of a woman. Oh. There's a creature with two backs. It's Shakespeare. Oh. I know. It comes up. Uh, And smoking a big old doobie would do the trick. I had never smoked a doobie. I mean, this is, you were going to a Christian college. I understand why you got in trouble for this. Yeah. And somebody wrote, I've probably told this story before, but the provost or the dean of chapel's assistant, or I think we called them secretaries back then, she wrote a response <gasps> and it got in the next issue. What and was one of the it? quotes was, when I read The Creature with Two Backs, I wanted to slap your face. <laughs> she said she wanted to slap my face. Oh, and this is in the paper. My God! You could, I wanted to slap your face. Ew! So there was like a lot of like righteous anger, and I was called in front of the J board, the Judiciary Board, wow. to like answer for this crime oh my that I had God. written. This like and Arik Alzenheimer, my editor. I still think you're the coolest for publishing it and having no problem with it. Yeah, he read it. 
yeah. no problem. Uh-huh. Thank God that it was just a joke. Like, shut the fuck. Like, I still have such a part of me that's sure. like, fuck you. It yeah. was a joke. It's not for you. Yeah. Like, why should the J board like a comedy article? Right. Like, it's not for you. It's for the students. But frankly, I bet a lot of the students were offended by it too. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was just getting a little bit too big for my veal box. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just time to get going. And I was lashing out in strange ways and probably feeling depressed mm. in a lot of ways, like feel, like feeling repressed and then feeling depressed you because sure? of that. But I went into the J board with a written statement, <gasps> like a two and a half page typed out defense of the article joke by joke. Really? Like saying the creature with two backs is from Shakespeare. I, I don't know what it... I it definitely said in the defense what play it was from. Wow. So if you want to slap me, you should slap William Shakespeare too. Did you say like that? that? Sort of I didn't say Because when I got to the meeting, I sort of... The, the formality of it, hmm. it really was like a, a U-shaped table and you sat in front of it sort of thing. Oh. Maybe it was a square of tables. But, like, it felt very formal, and it was all these older faculty grown-ups. Yeah. And they were all very serious. Oh. I can't believe I haven't... I probably have told you this before, but, like, the wife of my racquetball teacher was on the board, and the entire meeting, she wouldn't look at me. Oh, she my God. She was so God. disgusted. Oh, my God. Like, she was, like, like making a strong choice to, like, look down and like, and her face was that of disgust. Oh my God. And I didn't read it. I just basically was like, uh, played the path of least resistance, mm. which was being like the truth. I, I didn't mean to offend anybody. I'm sorry. I won't do it again, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I left and I didn't do another article that was that over the line. And you didn't get any, in any more trouble after that? You know, it's absurd to think that I could have gotten in trouble Mm. for, like, just kind of joking around. But I probably could have. And I think I was put on some sort of probation, to be honest. Oh, my God. Which which had happened before, so I knew wasn't that big of a deal. It just meant, like, if you fuck up again, then they can maybe... Would you remember being scared? Because that I was scared. That's why I wrote a two and a half page. Yeah. Like I'm going to go in ready, like my own lawyer. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it was Chuck or other people helped me prepare it. But wow. like they were like, I remember the first line was like VD Day. Okay, first off, that's a joke. Like it was like that was like the first line. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not venereal disease day. Nobody calls it that. I'm just going for a laugh. It was like that. But when we heard Billy McFarlane and I was like, okay, a journalist is going to go at this guy. Yeah. Because you the reason we put it on was we were like, why? When it was so clear that Firefest was going to be a fiasco. And Mm -hmm. if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it was just the worst planned, uh, over-promoted, over-hyped thing. And I thought of it because we drove by something that looked like a refugee camp. Yeah. And that made me think of Firefest. We were like, why didn't Billy McFarlane cancel it mm-hmm. like two weeks, like before anybody got on a plane? Yeah. Like, you know... There's no room. Yeah. There aren't enough beds. Yeah. There isn't enough food. Right. Uh, bands aren't being, aren't going to come. Yeah. This, everything sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Every part of it's different. It's not on the Escobar Island anymore. It's part of like a club med now. The whole thing's fucked. Okay. You lost. Yeah. You fucked up. It's time to eat shit. Yeah. Why didn't you 
pull the plug. Why didn't you say it's canceled? Yeah. Instead of getting everybody there, and then it turns into this viral sensation. Yeah. And they ask him, and the the, the spewing nonsense. Yeah. It just makes you upset that people can just talk in circles without saying anything. Yeah. He and was- you can tell their other hand is reaching in your back pocket going like, so when I come out with the Firefest credit card next Monday, like you better sign up for those low, low, low APR. It's like, why can't you just be like, cause I was a dipshit, man. Yeah. I was a fucking idiot and yeah. I paid all the band. So I needed to get the people there so we could keep their money. Yeah. Just say it. Just say the real thing. I know. But and- instead of everything's a written statement and it was a waste of time. Guys, I'm not, I, I try to give you good things. Yeah. If this podcast was good, I would say, turn this off and go listen to it. Yeah. It, it, I don't want to listen to someone who's in jail, just tell them over and I made a mistake and you know, I was wrong. I was yeah. wrong. Like who, what, who the fuck coached you to this? Like talk, talk. Well, that's what it is. It felt like a, like he had a two page prepared statement and he found a way to use phrases from that for every question. So yes. he would just be rephrasing the, the like short little thing that he would say. So even when he asked, he was like, why didn't you cancel it? He was like, we're like Here the we first, go. the first thing we've got to do before I get to that is I have to take full responsibility for, for my actions, right. which he had said like five Six times. times before that. Yes. And he's like, and I got to start and work to rebuild, rebuild the trust. trust. That's what he just Shut kept the saying. fuck up, dude. Say, because I was a sociopathic megalomaniac, I was in a manic episode. And the other How thing, about saying I was in a manic episode? Yeah. I was drunk on power. And what he Because did, I thought I could pull it off. Well, that's what he did. He eventually was like, I truly believed, until people started arriving, I truly believed that we could pull it off. Bullshit. Where Maybe were they that- going to go? That's when you, any journalist, talk about NPR, yeah. Ira Glass, we turned it off and we're like, this should have been an NPR show. Yeah. And Ira Glass would have been like, yeah, but where were those people going to stay? Yeah. Or should have been <laughs> like, so d- do you think that was delusion? Like, where does that kind of delusion come from? Because I believe that maybe that's true. Right. But it's because he was drunk on power, because he was at that point so delusional that he like thought he was invincible and like talk about your privilege. Talk about like, he just reflected, he said that he had done all this reflecting and what it had resulted in was him thinking, I made some, I made a lot of wrong turns, but the intention was good. And it's like, well, what was the intention? Connection. He kept saying it was getting people who wouldn't normally hang out to hang out together. It was like, you he was like, to- and when I was in solidarity, I thought, I remember just how noble that is. Like, can you, and this brings me to my other point. And this, this happened. It's a, it's a bit that I've been trying to write for a long time. People give, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, cash, yeah. the women that marry rich men. Uh, what is the term? Oh, um, um, what do you mean? <laughs> like a Russian? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people accuse Tiger Woods's wife of oh, gold digger, gold diggers. Yeah. And you know, Bill Burr has a bed where he's really hard on like gold digging women. Mm. Um, and I'm like, uh, we, so we're at this nice hotel and I was in the spa and that's a very nice thing to do. And there was this guy on the phone and the whole time he was just going like on a deal. And I heard him talking with such passion about his dumb 
corporate job yeah. and just being like, I really see there's an opportunity for a lot of synergy and a lot of value. And this is a really big deal. And I'm very gl- grateful that you guys are bringing this to us. And we're going to blow And like just talking all this like money, you're going to get more money. Like you don't give a fuck. He was talking about valor. I don't even know what valor is, but he said valor <laughs> so many times, which is so fucking funny because valor is what like King Arthur had. Uh-huh. And this guy's talking about some program or some shit, and yeah. now he's just selling something yeah. called Valor. I know. Like, can we step out of the Matrix just for a second I long enough know. to be like, it's called Valor? It's called Fortitude? It's yeah. called Courage? Yeah. This guy sells a service called Courage? I know. Like, eat and You can buy shit. it. And by the way, everybody, I'm not saying we all need to do, like, our truest passion of work, and there's mm-hmm. certainly huge elements of my work that I've done and will continue to do that is just part of my job, Yeah. right? But like, that is what it is. You, everybody is doing something that they don't want for money. Mm -hmm. So a woman that marries a a rich guy so that she can get vacations and security and stability, how is that that different Mm -hmm. from a guy being like, you know, I've worked for uh, Mars M&M for uh, two decades now. And I really feel like we have uh, some very exciting new ideas in the candy space. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sucking <laughs> a giant M&M's dick right now. And that's, by the way, that's okay. That's Why are we so hard on somebody that's like, maybe that's what culture told them was their value, mm-hmm. was their sexiness and their, and their appeal as a woman. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just like, maybe they didn't really have that much going on. Mm. So it's like the tale is all this time. It's fucking the Gucci movie, which we turned off. <laughs> just being like, oh, his last name's Gucci. I'm going to shake my tush at his direction. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously it doesn't go that way in the movie. But what I'm, I'm trying to level it out mm-hmm. and, and not just defend, quote unquote, gold diggers, but say like, wait, so you're upset. The difference is she knows she doesn't really love that guy, right? Like in the Anna Nicole Smith sort of, I'm going to marry a 900-year-old guy. Oh, yeah. At least she knows deep in her heart, I'm just doing what I got to do. Yeah. Because I I got bills to pay and all this stuff. But what's sadder is the guy that's like, I really do love Mars M&M Corp. They're a good family company. Yeah. It's it's got an uprising of four point. Like, you don't even know that you don't love this company. Yeah. And we're talking, I want to say we're talking specifically about... People who are doing it to have more money than they need. I I, I want to be careful that, like, I know sometimes you just have to, like, take a job and be as positive about it as you can. Because oh, you're I'm talking about rich corporate jerks. Yes. I am not talking yeah. about... Re- by, because the elements of my job that I don't like, I convince myself that I like them. Yeah. We're all in this boat. Yes. And, and the people, like when you were teaching and you were like, there's parts of it that I love and you lean towards it, you'd be stupid to not do that. Yeah. I'm talking about rich, leisured, weird dudes in a spa clearly doing fine and still being like, this is real exciting. It's just like, it's just, we're, we're all whoring to something is and, what I'm saying. And that is what is... I, I do think it somehow connects to what we found offensive about the church worlds that we grew up in because there is something that really gets specifically under our skin about him calling, just throwing an expensive, privileged 
drunken, debaucherous party for like rich, privileged, probably mostly white. Who is this? Uh, Billy McFarlane. Oh. Uh, Firefest. Uh, mostly white, like festival goers, and calling that bringing together people who wouldn't normally be together. Like, that's not diversity. Just because this exact demographic across the country is meeting uh, the same exact demographic that lives in California or whatever, that's not bringing people who. No. There's, just call it what it is. You just want, like, a huge party. That, and you want and the you money. Want the and, money you want and you want the power and the cool. Per head yeah. Or whatever it was. And, yeah. to, and to delude yourself from prison to be like, it's an opportunity to get people together. Dude, every situation is a situation of people that wouldn't necessarily normally get together. Anytime you walk in a, a mall or a store or a restaurant, there's people there. And yeah. not just the patrons, <laughs> yeah. the waiters, the bussers, yeah. everybody. Yeah. You're looking at a lot of different socioeconomic groups. Talk to any of them. You don't have to go to fucking Firefest. Where you were only a certain two in the background with only a certain amount of expendable income people can afford to go there. Is that where you're exactly? Say? Yeah, it's what the a, opposite. What a of, yeah, it makes you feel so alone. It's the mm. opposite of just being like, you know what? I'm embarrassed, or yeah. I I was really horny and I, I and I texted you a picture of my butt, and that didn't seem to be the right move. <laughs> That's a fake example, but like. <laughs> Honesty, you know it when you hear it, and you also know what it sounds like when someone's like, I'm in prison, but I have a 12 step plan to regain the trust. And before you know it, the brand fire, mark my words, yeah. that's going to be back on top. And it's like- I think another thing that we find so offensive about it, even though it is like vindicating that he is, and he did admit that even if it went well, he belonged in jail, which I, that was the one part that I appreciated. I like that. I, you know. But it's still, you, you get the sense that he's just knowing what he's supposed to say but it's um, me at the J board but also, I made a mistake I'm sorry guys I'll never do it again yeah like, like I, maybe he is truly sorry and he's just never been vulnerable enough even with himself to be authentic um, but I think that that's that's the real offense is that there's such an opportunity for authenticity and vulnerability and reflection and Oh, that's what I was going to say. What's really upsetting about it is that it's likely that he'll get out of jail and be successful in something else because America fucking loves this type of guy. Well, that's the... uh, the, I remember when I was in New York City in the comedy scene, there was a big uh, uprising and a big big to-do because... A brouhaha. A brouhaha. That's not quite right. I, I don't even want to have people look it up, be, so I won't be too specific. But there was something on the radio. There was a comedy radio show mm-hmm. that was hosted by some comedians. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Mm, yeah. Anyway, they to put me. out a parody song that was in incredibly bad taste, incredibly bad timing, and it was flat out horribly racist. Mm. Um, and it was just... It was like, I guess what they were thinking was like, we're going to do the craziest thing. Like, it'll, it'll like go viral before viral was a thing. Yeah. Just because it's so outrageous, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not only does everyone get fired that's mm-hmm. involved, or I, I would say rightfully so, mm-hmm. but, um, and this part is, you know, this is un- unpleasant for everybody, but like, there were death threats and, oh. and like the careers. It was sort of like my first experience with seeing someone get canceled. Yeah. Uh, before 
we anything were really was, doing was that. a thing. It wasn't, nobody was like, they're canceled. They were just like, I don't know if they're going to work again mm-hmm. because they did this very, very inappropriate and disgusting thing. And I remember, I think I, I definitely have told this story before that one of the comedians who's actually passed now, he went up on stage and, and did like a 20 minute apology about it. Mm. But it also during the apology sang a few lines of the song. Uh. So it was like not real. Yeah. And it was the worst vibe in the world. And then the manager uh, told me I was going to go on next, which was mm-hmm. just a true nightmare. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I still remember it. Like a trauma, like a little car crash. What I remember, did you say when you got up there? Well, it was, first of all, it was a Friday night, eight o'clock show. I never used to perform on the Friday night, eight o'clock show. To have like a prime time spot was incredible. Mm-hmm. I remember I went up and was like, let's all just... Forget that and let's applaud and let's start over. I like played host a little bit and everybody clapped. That's good. And then everybody stopped clapping. And then I was like, RoboCop, uh, that's that's a weird abbreviation for robot, huh? Robo? You saving any time dropping that T? And uh, they would have rather the guy came back and sang more of the racist song. Oh, no. But what I remember was my uh, my friend Dante at the time said, and this is I thought this was really true, that it, no one believed the apology mm. because if it had worked, like, oh, he also was like, I didn't even really write it. I wasn't really involved in the writing of it. Mm. And he's like, if it had worked, meaning if it had been a huge success yeah. and everybody now they're getting invited on all the late night shows because they did the funniest thing that anyone can remember. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, success has 50 fathers, you know yep. what I mean? But yeah. failure is an orphan. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. That's true. Same thing. If Firefest, if all of those millennials had gotten to Firefest, which by the way, I do feel bad for them. I'm not just joining the bandwagon, calling them millennials and being like, they deserve it. Yeah. That no, sucks. That, that, suck. that sucked. And it really looked like it really, Lord of the Flies sucked. Mm-hmm. But if they had gotten there and been okay with the refugee housing and then the band started playing and everybody got fucked up and forgot about how some of the things weren't exactly right and then the food showed up and it was a huge hit, there would have been, there'd have been no remorse. Mm, you know right. what I mean? Even yeah. if they still didn't deliver on so many of the things they had, but if it had somehow skated by, yeah. which is what he couldn't let go of and which is what made it even more of a disaster, right. just brought me back to that. Like, if it had worked, guess what? Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. That is true. And with like the me too stuff, you just so rarely, if ever get the right kind of apology where you really believe that this person has thought about what they've done. And, and like, that would be, that is kind of what you want to hear is, is like, I'd like to think even if this person didn't bring this to my attention, what Morgan Spurlock, Remember he, he tried, well, it it seemed political though, or it seemed calculated maybe. Oh, really? Is that he felt like he was going to be me too. So then he came out and was like, before anyone even accuses me, I want to say that I've done these things that I'm not proud of. Oh, wow. But I think it was, again, I mean, I don't know if there's a consensus on how that played. Yeah. How did that work? I don't know. I I remember just seeing a few people being like, nice try, Buster. Oh. Which, you know, I, I don't know. Which there would be anyway. He's the super size me guy, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I really, I really would be interested in how that played mm. out. 
Um, yeah, it's the, just like vulnerability, man. That's just the name of the game. Well, that's what I was, that's what we were all craving from. I think you're talking about Louis's apology. Like it would have just been refreshing to be like, shit, like this. Oh fuck. And, and not even that, that's too funny. And that's kind of what he did. (laughs) But like, just like a sincere, like I would have loved for the Firefest guy to just be like, I struggle with manic depression. Like it really seems like he probably does. Yeah. Or just like. Everything in my life is worked out, so why wouldn't I think this would work out? Yeah. I mean, Ja Rule was there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's really the word that was missing was privilege. Like, you haven't reflected at all on how privileged and entitled you are and how that led you to believe that you could just lie to investors and get away with it. And that's and what makes it so fascinating. Yeah. Well, think- that's why he's in jail, too. It's not that he did fraud to the people who showed up. It's the fraud to the investors the whole time. Because the investors are the money that can get the lawyers that can get you in jail. Yeah. Right. You'd have to form a, all the concert goers would have to like form a coalition to like, you know, it seems more difficult than like a corporate or, you know, uh, angel fund that's like, we have lawyers. Like, right. Which is why he we're said- We're used to being screwed over. Like now you go to jail. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And that's why he said, even if it had been a success, he would have been in jail because he still lied to the investors. Right. So even if the money had gotten them food and tents and stuff, it's such a fascinating study. I mean, there's, it clearly is, there's so many elements that are so fascinating to us, which is why everybody was kind of obsessed with those documentaries. Um, Which I do recommend. Yeah, I do recommend that. There's one. Uh, there's one on Hulu, and there's I don't know. One was called Fire Fraud. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're good. They're good. They're good. Anyway, they're good. So this has been you made it weirds um, reflection. No review of dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and while we're giving out reviews, uh, you for Crimbus Crimbus bought me a Muse Two. Which is a, a meditation, a brain sensing headband, mm-hmm. and they are not a Pete's pick. Uh, meaning, I don't have a promo code for you guys, but I did want to say that when I opened it, I was like, "Oh, it's like a gift." Yeah, that's what I kind of was like, and I prefaced it with that. I was like, "This is either going to be your favorite thing, or this is going to be the kind of thing that like is a good idea and a good gift, but you'll never use it." That's right. Well, it's funny, like, my mom loves cats, so on, like, Christmas and her birthday, you get her something cat-related. Mm-hmm. There's just, like, a whole category of books. Category. Poop. Poop. <laughs> there are so many books that are just, like, this is just a gift idea. Yeah. You won't read this book. You won't use this book. Like, you got, Beth, like a, like, a cookbook for people who are stoned or something? No, it's a menstruation A menstruation. So... Yeah. And maybe she will love it. But like when I saw it, yeah. that's like a Urban Outfitters. It Categorically, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. And you can go on Amazon and it's like, here are the gift ideas. Because yeah. the gift idea says like, hey, I know you. Mm-hmm. You like meditation. Mm-hmm. This will help you with your meditation. Yeah. And it's a, a headband that you wear and it goes around your ears and goes around your forehead. And it's supposed to monitor your brain activity. And, and your breath and your heart. And your breath and your heart. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I tried it and I'm shocked. And I just, I'm just recommending it to people who are listening for no financial gain. Mm-hmm. I'm just, inter- I think it's helped my meditation so much, just like the Apollo has. Uh, but this, this is giving you feedback, like biofeedback. 
And what it does is you listen, you put your earbuds in and you, it syncs up with the app and you listen to like the sound of a campfire. Mm-hmm. And if you start to like get distracted, like you start thinking about other stuff, the fire gets more intense. It's insane. Yeah. And I don't mean like a moment after you lost your train of thought. I mean, as you're losing your train of thought, the fire in real time is getting, it's like popping and cracking more. Mm. And there's more of like a (laughs) sound. Mm -hmm. It's still subtle. So it doesn't like distract you, but it's enough that you go, oh, oh, oh. And that's all meditation is, Mm -hmm. is it's not all meditation, but you know, it's like one of the big things about it. Is the recoveries. Yeah, it's recognizing when you're lost in thought and returning. And coming back. And so it just shortens that because usually we can stay lost in thought for a long time before we realize. But this, you so, notice it because, yeah, almost immediately. Yeah. And then even better, and this took a little getting used to, but if you get in, into that like gooey butter cake place of meditation, mm-hmm. which is like really hard to get to, mm-hmm. but it's where your brain is very calm. You're very still and you're just, ah, it's exactly where you want to be. You're clear as a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear a little bird in the distance. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just like, so you hear, there's the fire and you'll hear just this little thing. That's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you did it. So this is, this is a snooze, but I, maybe it's not a snooze. If you're interested in meditation, how much was it? Um, it's kind of gauche because it's a gift, but it's no, not, it's okay. not more than $300. No, 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 no. I think it might be close to 200. I can't remember. I recommend it Yeah, because it turns out what I didn't know I was missing was feedback. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that thrives in the challenge of like, can I go deeper? Cause at the end it'll tell you how many minutes were you calm? How many minutes were you neutral and how many minutes were you active? Mm-hmm. And then you see all your meditations. So like I've been struggling, I've always been a one a day guy with my meditations. If that, mm-hmm. um, meaning I would take days off now. I, I haven't, since I've started using it, I haven't missed doing it twice a day mm-hmm. since you got it for me. So mm-hmm. since Christmas mm-hmm. and I love it, because it nudges you back from the distractions, you stay in the ooey gooey butter cake and therefore you have a better meditation and you feel better and you just start seeing all of those benefits mm-hmm. that people talk about for meditation, which frankly, a lot of the times and I'm not hard on myself about this, but like my meditation would be just like, Oh fuck. I just was replaying an episode of say by the bell. Oh yeah. That's like, what mine have been lately. It took me so long to realize this won't let you do that. Like you'll notice and there's all these different soundscapes like rain or like the desert or all these different sounds, mm-hmm. um, a storm. And like, if it starts getting loud, you're like, Oh fuck. Like, and you come back. So I really just wanted to mention that just because like you, you used a, we're at a, a hotel and they had a Peloton and you used a Peloton. And I think it's really funny that like, you know, it's a pre-programmed or a pre-recorded class. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this, like accountability and the stats. Like mm-hmm. you, you told me, you see the stats. Are you in the green zone yeah. or are you dropping into the red zone? Yeah. Like nothing is happening. Yeah. You're just riding a stationary bike, but your brain falls into it. Like I don't want to fuck up. Yeah. And when I'm meditating now, it's not stress, but I'm like, I want to be, I want to hear the birds. Yeah. And I want to get a lot of birds. I want to get hundreds of birds. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I'm done, I wanted to say I was calm for, I meditate for 25 minutes. I want to be calm over 20 minutes yeah. and neutral for the rest and active zero. Mm-hmm. And, and you get like this, 
We need feedback. We just need we feedback. We need feedback. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Turns out that's what I really needed. And that's what like a teacher would be. But instead of having like an, a daily teacher that's going to be there for all of your meditations, yeah. you just have this little band that you put on. Yeah. I don't know if it's conditioning or just like neurology, but like I, I, I'm sure some expert in how habits are formed would know that what, like what feedback does yeah like the instant feedback and the instant kind of little rewards for doing well is just it just is kind of like all right that that's what our brains respond to to mm-hmm. get this i would just say as a mindfulness instructor and i haven't used the muse yet um but it does seem aligned with especially the most basic instructions of mindfulness, which is place your attention on your breath. Yep. When your mind when you notice you're lost in thought, gently return back that's to the breath. That's all it is. There's that's, no mantra, it's just breath. And that's it. And I so it I it does seem compatible with that. I would just say the one thing that it's not checking and that I would recommend to do is to gently return back to the breath. So to be kind about it. Because I oh, think no. there's it's all about that. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. No, you would love it. And there's voice instructions Mm. before each session. Oh, good. And then it'll be like, be playful, be light. Oh, good. When you return, uh, it actually says before you return to the breath, take a moment to notice what it sounds like that the weather is intense. That's great. Ask yourself, why were you distracted? What distracted you? Mm. And then ease back into it. It is. That's great. And I'm so happy these, to hear that. I'm sorry that this is coming off like an infomercial, but this is what I wish someone would have told me because I would have gone out and gotten one. And I am going to reach out to them to see if we can get a promo. Yeah. But like straight up, it's straight up. Straight now up. Tell now me. tell me. Do you really want to love me forever? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> or, or was this just a hit and run? Uh, <laughs> straight up. Straight up. Tell me, is it really going to be you and me together? I thought it was forever. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> or are you just having fun? But then, but I don't know. What a great! I've been fooled for wouldn't like to have a love caught in the slamming door. I'm more than hot for me, or am I a page in your history book? I don't mean to make demands, but the word and the deed go hand in on? hand. Can I have some information, please? Oh, please, please. Ooh, ooh. Sit up now, tell me you're really gonna oh love Oh my god. Paula Abdul, you, I owned two tapes. You in did high school. cassette tapes? Paula Abdul and Nirvana's Nevermind. Oh my god. That's the end that of is, the list. I don't think I've ever loved you more. Did you, you loved Paula Abdul? Did other boys love it? Love her? Oh no, I kept Paula in my pocket. Oh my god, how did you, what, what possessed you to get that tape? Well, I liked her and DJ Scat Cat. I mean, that's my Lennon McCartney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did like, um, I believe the guy that she does, that who DJ Scat Cat really was, wasn't Dido, because Dido's something else. Dino. Dino. His name was Dino. And it started because I bought the, I told you this before, I went into Newberry Comics in Burlington, Massachusetts, and I wanted to get the single cassette. So these were these cassettes that only had like 15 inches of of tape on them. Mm -hmm. Like they were thin and small. It was just one song and on the other side would be the remix. Oh, yeah. And I wanted I Like It by Dino. And I didn't know it was Dino. No internet. How could I? I just saw it on MTV in passing. Mm. And I liked it, Valerie, because it had like a sexy sound in it. 
goes, that's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. Right? Is I like it sexy? No, then, oh. I mean, kind of, <laughs> like the way I did it, it, the way I did it. Yeah. And he goes, um, we should, I mean, we could just listen to it, but he goes, at one point he goes, Lexus or something. He says something like Nexus or Lexus. And then the background singers go, oh, oh my like a sex God. sound. And you like So that. I went to Newbury That's Comics. That's the way you liked it. <laughs> I mean, evolutionary, biologically, the sound of a female orgasm is hardwired into my DNA to be arousing and exciting. Then you'd think, a a lot, you'd think men would want to shoot for that a little bit more often. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I can play my own in my head while we're doing it. I'm just going, that's the way it has to be up here. So whatever you're doing is fine. Because I have the background you're, pl- you're doing the whole song, So I was embarrassed, of course, that I wanted this audio recording because it has this sound. And I thought everyone would be on to me. And I go to Newbury Comics thinking that it would just be out. Like, it's the hot song. I'll be able to find it. Can't find it. Have to ask with my uh, brother or my father or my mom. It's probably my mom. Oh, my God. Ask one of the people that work there. And I'm like, I'm looking for the song. I don't know what it's called. And she goes, what does it sound like? And Valerie... (laughs) I just... I put one foot up on a display and just started rubbing my nips and went... And she knew what song I meant. No, but I wish you would die, knowing what you love about my awkward years Mm. and how badly you would have liked to known me, to have known me. The moment where I was standing in the Newberry Newberry Comics in Burlington and went, that's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. Take it. We got got a doughy, doughy little Pete singing Quietly and awkwardly in... Oh, and ashamed and thinking at any second they're going to know... That that's why you wanted it. because I want the, the sex sound. I think we're getting the pink moment right now. The famous, oh, hi, pink moment in the I mountains. Know. We're going to wrap up. We'll wrap up with this because we, <laughs> we're such dorks. <laughs> Dino. I, I do have a good poem. But I like it. should we end with Dino or... <laughs> Um, oh my God! There it is. Look at him. There it is. He's got a righteous mullet. He's awesome. Don't you? Don't give him a awesome. Heart. Sure. Okay. Why isn't it playing it? Valerie, why isn't it playing? I don't know. Where's my phone? I'll play it on my phone. Sorry, guys. This is going to be totally worth it. Connect to a device. Will it not play it if it's? <laughs> Here we go. Okay. I got it. Dino, I like it. Oh my god. Yes. My acid wash jeans and slap bracelets. And your hyper what? Hyper collar shirts. <laughs> uh, this is like this is a great gateway drug to Paul Abdul. This uh-huh. sounds like Paul Abdul. Totally. And this is why he was DJ Scat Cat. <laughs> He's kind of being sexy. He's being like, that's nice. Oh yeah. He's on set. I mean, sheets. that's the way I like it is about sex. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. I like it. It sounded kind of flat. Like it, it did sound flat. That's the way it has to be. Because that's the way I like it. 
like it. It is so David Sil- Silver from 90210. <laughs> I went to the pre chorus too soon. I know you every day. Pre-chorus. Take me by the hand. I will be your man. Ooh. That's the way we could feel. Oh. <laughs> what did you? Was that it? it? We're coming no. to it. It's after this. It's after. Unfortunately, we have to listen to the chorus, which is it opens with the chorus, like a lot of great songs. Chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus. That is pretty cool, that Casio kind of... Oh, it's back in style. Yeah. You could have that as a hook for a song now. Okay, here we go. Here it is. Here it is. Wow. And he's making sex sounds. Yeah, that was it. Uh, uh, I thought it was Lexus. But it was just, yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, but oh I mean, like gosh. that. Yeah. Still got a tingle in my wingle. Wow. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory. Well, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see if I could do it. <laughs> it's improper. I'm so sorry. It's improper, Valerie. <laughs> okay, now after that, <laughs> we'll should, have I, a, should I skip the poem? No, are you feels kidding? Weird. Feels weird. Holiness is wholeness. We can have Dino's "I Like It." And a poem. I do think this is very, actually, pretty apropos with our talk about authenticity. Yes. <clears throat> okay, here we go. This is Mysteries, Yes, by Mary Oliver. <gasps> I love this one. Yeah. Truly, we live with mysteries too marvelous to be understood. How grass can be nourishing in the mouths of the lambs. How rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity, while we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look, and laugh in astonishment and bow their heads. Ooh. Yeah. That's good. That's beautiful. That's a good one. Um, happy New Year, everybody. And just, like, take care of yourself and nurture your bod. <laughs> and go out and get on that treadmill. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Do whatever you want. Come back to the breath gently. <laughs> yeah, be kind. Don't Happy feel 2022. Don't feel pressure. Just instead of resolutions, ask yourself, what do you love? What does your heart love? What does your body love? Just do, just do what's right for you. You, you know? know why? Because that's the way I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to time it to the song. I know. It's so it's dorky. I think it's so, so dorky. I love that we have it on tape. Very. You know why? Because that's the way I like it. I thought it was great. Oh, Very God, I'm cute. I'm feeling alive right now. <laughs> Shall we? Yeah. Keep, Keep it, it crispy. crispy. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Valerie. I like doing it. Not improper. It is improper. 
Right, it's not improper. I've just never heard you make sounds like that before. <laughs> oh, that's uh, not something I'd admit quickly. Oh, we stopped recording. Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> I'm so crispy, I'm so crispy.